leaders are always thinking ahead. They have to be. And often they pile on new tasks, new initiatives, new projects without reprioritizing older ones, without explaining how they fit in. Um, and leaders just simply have to help people manage their capacity and reorganize their priorities by renegotiating goals and scope without forcing people to make unattainable commitments. I'm Jason Gore, and I'm here with executive coach Robert McNaughton. Thanks, Jason. I would say that I've it's rare that I find leaders that are really good at that. So I would almost uh, categorize them in, into different um, you know, categories where there's some leaders that I just know that if they're setting a priority that they've re renegotiated and reconciled with old ones. Uh, and some people, when they say that, it's just like, ah, I'm not sure if I, uh, if I trust your system here. <laughs> so um, I'm looking forward to, to talk about how leaders can get better at this one. You know, I do agree with your, your categorization of leaders um, because even in older, more mainstream companies where things are more steady state, I see this issue as well as in fast-moving startups where I think it's, you would imagine it to be more likely um, because there's so much chaos and so much movement and so much speed. But I actually think it's an issue of leadership, not an issue of context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's let's talk about like what the cost is of this. Uh, it, it, we're saying it's very common, um, but what does it do to the team, to the you know the mission of the company when this happens? Well, okay, there's the obvious thing, right? Things don't get done because people get piled on, and then they don't reprioritize, and so stuff just doesn't happen. But I think there's a lot of other more subtle costs. Yep. Um, right. In some ways, people. Really, there's a, a big personal impact. People get disenfranchised because in some ways their leaders have moved on to the next best thing, the next, you know, what next project that's really exciting. But the work that they're doing almost feels like past tense, like it doesn't matter. And so they have to grind through this stuff um, while their leaders are already on to the next best, best thing. Yeah, and I think this uh, it sets bad precedents in the culture, mm -hmm. and people inevitably lose trust in the process of making commitments and priorities altogether. Because it's like, right. if we made that one but didn't talk about it again, what makes me think that we're gonna treat this one any different? Right. And as a company grows, the collaboration becomes more and more difficult. People tend to get siloed, and when leaders do this to you know especially executive CEOs who do this to multiple teams, what happens is the commitments that are made across teams get lost. And then all of a sudden, you know, you have a very siloed organization where there's a lot of balls getting dropped between functional groups. Um, right. And it, it could come down to this. Right. I think this is really kind of, to me, the best definition of the integrity of a team, of a company is like, are we actually doing what we say we're doing and, you know, renegotiating when we're not? Yeah, it's, you know, it's funny because it tends to go one direction. We tend to keep on piling on new things. Um, it's hard to say no. And sometimes we just need to say we're not doing that. And that's part of this renegotiation process. Um, you know, switching costs are real. And if team members don't finish things that they're working on when they're in the middle of it, and they put their attention on the new thing, it's, it's hard to switch back, and then it gets very difficult to actually do things right. Um, you know, let me just use a metaphor here. It's like, imagine if I am, you know, building a, a train bridge, right? And then my leader says, no, 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 you need to, 
go over there and make sure camp is ready. But somehow that doesn't get communicated to the folks that are actually running the trains, yes, right? Yes. Where my deadlines have now shifted and the train trestle is 90% done. So it looks good, but it's not done because I haven't had time to finish it. Like we need to renegotiate those things, not only with my, my own folks, but I also need to renegotiate it with everybody who's impacted by that. Otherwise, well, you know, you could tell by this metaphor what's going to happen. Right. Yeah, that, that, I wouldn't want to be there. And I mean, I think it, it's also there's very predictable ways that, you know, things will come up. And as humans, there's very predictable ways that will our attention will go there and um, not keep track if these priorities aren't top of mind. And in uh, a company I was in, we had a very predictable point in our sales cycle where the people who were responsible for the targets, they would they would freak out. And uh, they would drag a lot of others uh, into like the kind of like a women and children into the life raft kind of triage projects. And it would happen every time in this point in the sales cycle. And uh, it was only when we, we had our priorities really clear and we could predict this point in the sales cycle, we know that our, our, we could follow the game plan and that we were optimally prepared for success. Right. And now, I mean, obviously emergencies are going to happen. But if the life raft triage is constant and in every domain, then it's going to be very hard to do anything right. And there's going to be a lot of firefighting. And a lot of ulcers. <laughs> so, uh, you know, speaking of ulcers, I mean, one of the, I don't want to say funny, it was, it was one of the harshest realities, was there was um, a new project that was the, became the, the CEO's pet project, right? And he basically said to his folks, this is the highest priority. And I want you to drop everything else. But he didn't actually ask them what they were dropping. Well, it turns out that one of the things that got dropped was a legal requirement that the company had to do um, in order for credit card processing to be legit. There was a state rule that got passed. And anyway, the IT group stopped dealing with that. And all of a sudden, about 10 o'clock in the morning one morning, the credit card processor stopped accepting their credit card processing. And it took them two and a half days to get their credit cards up and running. And, you know, talk about ulcers, right? Right. When you have a B2C, you know, company that they can't make sales, you know, they, what they did was they, um, they took the sale, they took the credit card and then they immediately, which turned out to be illegal um, and said, we'll deliver this later. But they, they had to actually race to, to rush and put a new layer in and, um, tell people that they couldn't take orders. Um, so just be careful what you add to the pile because other stuff is going to get dropped. And if you don't talk about it, you're not going to know what gets dropped. Right. And as much as I would love to tell another story on this, I'm just aware <laughs> that the priority to keep this conversation. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about other ways that like, you know, um, things naturally get in the way of leaders staying on top of this. Yeah. Well, okay. A couple one thing is, you know, honor the hierarchy. If you're doing a skip level, asking for things, like you have to understand that, you know, there's power dynamics. Yep. And so if I go, if I'm a VP and I go down two layers and I say, hey, what do you do this for me? It's going to get done, but it's going to end up kicking some other things off of the priority list for these folks. And it puts everybody in a bad situation. Um, and so, you know, try to honor people's priorities and go through the right channels to get things done. 
Yeah, and I think uh, similarly, it's like beware of the hierarchy in that like when, when I was the CEO of a company, I know it was just habitual that I always was brainstorming better ways of doing things. And my team members would prioritize what I was saying over what was already the chief priority. And yes. so we have to be very clear about our priori priorities so that, you know, our just casual brainstorming doesn't uh, tip the boat. You know, this happens, my experience is it happens with about 40, 50 people where, you know, a CEO might be used to spitballing. Hey, what do you guys think about this? And at a certain point, for whatever reason, people start running with that. And they think that the CEO is making a declaration rather than spitballing. And so you have to be just really careful what you're adding to the priority list and what's just an idea that you want to discuss. Yeah, exactly. Well, good. Let's talk about practices for how uh, leaders can get better at this. And, you know, I think really setting the, the cultural precedent and uh, giving people the power to discuss requests that come mm -hmm. in to make sure that they're aligning with the existing priorities, that people aren't just kind of swallowing their food whole, that we have a culture of uh, rolling things up to the priority. Yeah. I mean, I think the most fundamental thing here, Robert, is that when you're asking someone to do a new task, um, ask them by when they could get it done without impacting other existing commitments. Um, people are really bad at negotiating commitments. There's a, there's a status or a, a power dynamic that happens. Like, you know, right. it's like when dad tells you to do something, not to cross the street, you don't cross the street, otherwise you get spanked. Like people tend to say yes right. too fast and leaders need to understand that there is the practice around this doesn't exist in most people's lives. And so the leader has to take responsibility for ensuring that the other person is negotiating, renegotiating their deadlines and not say, Hey, you said you were going to do it. Uh, we'll get into this in delegation, but it's asking like, when can you get this done without, a, without impacting existing commitments? And if it can't be done in what's a reasonable amount of time for this, for this, this leader, then help them renegotiate, help them think through. That's right. Um, and it's a, it's a two-way street. It's a conversation, not the one-way street. And that's, I mean, that's being a good parent, right? It's like we have to maintain our managerial integrity and like make sure we're setting priorities. But we also have to maintain our collegial integrity as well and helping people grow into their own autonomy. So if yeah. I'm setting a priority of saying something like you're saying of just like, hey, how does this roll up to your other priorities? Does this fit in? I'm putting the responsibility in your hands to take autonomy of your projects. Yeah. And, you know, we want to, people assume that just because someone's really smart, right, and very, um, you know, uh, really good in certain ways, that they're good at planning. Yep. Um, but leaders should basically review people's project lists. What are they working on? Ask your team members, whether they're executives or lower, lower, lower level in the organization, what they're working on, and ask them to keep their list current so that you know what they're working on and making sure that it's, it's the right set of priorities. Exactly. I mean, I think that's a brilliant kind of, uh, you know, metric for how you know that a team or an organization is doing this well is when everybody actually has their own individual rate roadmap that they maintain with integrity. Mm -hmm. Up to date. Yep. And it's easy to get behind on that. You know, the, as, as people get busy, we need to put some attention on that. And that's, you know, the art of delegation and the art of making sure that we're working on the right thing. Um, but as managers, it takes a little bit of time and, you know, this is going to be ideally done in your one-on-ones 
um, to make sure that things are, are done well and that people know what to focus on. Yeah. Um, there's also the thing about, you know, yourself. You know, we, we're, we're talking mostly about doing this in terms of a perspective of delegation and managing others. But also, people shouldn't agree to any deadlines themselves until you know you can do it. And if right. you can impact other deadlines, then we should have a negotiation here about scope or deadlines or quality so that you could be in integrity. Yeah. And, you know, you and I have a lot of experience in seeing this with, with individuals, with organizations, that the, the, the good thing is you can get better at this. This is a behavior that you can get better. And also a culture can get better at this, as in when we learn as a culture processes for renegotiation and we see that being role modeled by each mm -hmm. other, then we're, we're actually, that, that sets the healthy precedence. We're actually yeah. going to do that more often, get better at it, and have you know, good outcomes because of it. Yep. And, you know, certain teams do this better than others. Um, what I typically see is IT teams are the, you know, as IT leaders develop and mature, they really understand that they have to do this. Otherwise, they get thrown under the bus. Um, marketing is another area where they get really structured. But, but the more creative groups tend to do this much, you know, in a poor way. Um, and, you know, they tend to be much more in the flow of things. And, Yep. can often be working on the wrong thing. Yep. And so, you know, uh, as far as like how you can uh, start enacting this more, like some next steps and experiments for how you can bring more of this development uh, into your own personal practice and into your team is something, you know, we talk about often it's kind of like auditing, you know, uh, your team members' project lists. You know, it's kind of like Socratically, like asking your team members like to share what they're working on. And, uh, you know, update me on, on what your priorities are. And so that has people naturally thinking about, well, I better know what my priorities are because I might be asked about it. Yep. And, you know, this is really a cultural piece because if that's done poorly without kind of an agreement that we're going to be prioritizing together, it's going to feel like micromanaging. That's um, right. But frankly, this, is, this level has to be in place. Otherwise, things are going to go wrong and you'll be forced to micromanage. Like, this is the place where kind of micromanagement is okay in some ways. Like, like as a leader, you should be clear about what should be prioritized in some ways more clear than your people. And so yeah. this is where you need to be in the weeds. That's exactly right. And so like we, we, we said before, you know, when we're assigning a new priority, being in conversation of like, how does this impact your other projects? And similarly, um, knowing ourselves when we take on a new commitment having that internal process of seeing how this rolls up to our other priorities. So we're fostering that integrity and being the change we want to see on our team. Yep. So the key takeaway here is people have to know what they should be working on. And when you as a leader or as someone making a request, add new things to someone's plate, just make sure you know what's going to the bottom of the list and renegotiate those changes rather than having those changes be ad hoc and unexpected. Great, Jason. Thanks for uh, working on this practice with me today. Thanks, Robert. And to all the leaders out there, um, and we're all leaders, we hope this conversation has been helpful.